Hey guys, welcome back to the Moms Talk Autism podcast. Today we are doing our final installment of Us Moms Talk Us. So sit with us while we interview the lovely Brittany Crabtree. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right, guys, welcome back. Go ahead and uh, unmute yourselves because now I can get you to be quiet. Shannon muted me. I'm here. Jean's always the loudest. Always the loudest. But I'm not. I'm not, though. Listen. Oh, her voice got really gentle, but I'm not. I heard you say the lovely Brittany Crabtree. We we had a really rough start, you guys, to this episode. (laughs) We we can't quite get it together today. Um, Okay. Seriously, though, let's let's have some, some Brittany Crabtree talk. What do you say? Oh, my favorite. Yay. <laughs> Are you pre- prepared to tell us all the things, Brittany? I love talking about myself. I know you do. So I'm great. Now. <laughs> no, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy uh, to to chat and let everybody know more about our family. Yeah. So why don't you take us down uh, memory lane, uh, starting with you and the awesome little Doug, the Doug, Doug. Doug. <laughs> Every time you guys say his name, there has to be some kind of musical <laughs> intro with it. It's hilarious. No, I feel like I feel like I need the like, like we're going back in time. <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, where where should I start? Um, Tell us about how you and and Mr. Doug got together. Uh, we met in college, mm-hmm. uh, and I we were kind of like our. We weren't in the same apartment complex, but we were nearby each other on campus, south of campus. And um, I thought his roommate was really cute. Um, Uh, Wait a second. Uh (laughs) (laughs) You thought his roommate was really cute? Yes. Yes. I met his roommate first. Oh. One of his roommates. Um, And it was like an apartment of four guys. And there was, um, I thought I met this guy at a... I don't know, some kind of social mixer thing. And I, I was like, oh, he's cute. Let's invite their apartment over, you know, instead of just that one boy, because that's too, like, you know, direct. Direct. We're going to invite all of them over. And I think we just like played games and had dessert and stuff and hung out. And, and then I met Doug. Doug came over and, you know, I, we just chatted and he seemed really cool. And we, fig- we realized from talking that we had a couple of mutual friends. Um, and so that started the conversation more with Doug. I very quickly realized that although the roommate was cute, not my not my style, not my personality. Nice guy, still a nice guy. We love you, Russ. But uh, he's not. <laughs> Sorry, he Russ. Was, Sorry, yeah. Russ. <laughs> Russ is doing great. He's totally fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, he he just wasn't 
our personalities weren't matching up. So, um, but Doug and I started hanging out a little bit and, um, then we realized we had some similar tastes in music and things. And, uh, we decided to go to a concert together. Um, hadn't been on a date, weren't really interested in each other, but we, um, we went to a Weezer concert, you guys. Yes. (laughs) This is, this is, uh, 2001. Okay. I was just going to say, in case anybody was confused about, <laughs> yeah, this is this is 2001. So uh, Weezer, I was still love Weezer. Hot. Okay, oh, I love Weezer. Yeah, we're big Thank fans. You, yes. So, um, but we we drove home to Boise, which is where I grew up. That's where the concert was, and I think he was kind of using me as a place to stay. <laughs> free overnight. Uh, um, and a bunch of people, we invited a bunch of people. It wasn't just the two of us, but one by one, everybody started dropping out. And so it ended up just being Doug and I <laughs> driving. So it did turn into a date. <laughs> it kind of did turn into a date. And um, we got tickets down in the mosh pit and we danced around in the mosh pit at a Weezer concert. And the opener- what? Oh, wait, wait. Who is this girl that we're talking Can to? I know. Anybody, I've changed a lot, guys. Is this Brittany? <laughs> <laughs> Crabtree, we're having a- <laughs> Can anybody see Brittany in a- Mosh we were pit. in a mosh pit. Um, I'm going to say no. You guys do, <laughs> don't know a lot about me. There are many layers, okay? Oh, my Many, gosh. many layers. She's so an on. onion. I am an onion. <laughs> we're going to peel her back. The uh, the opener for Weezer that day was Tenacious D, by the way, which is oh, yes. Jack Black. Yes. Yeah. So I got to see Jack Black. Um, and awesome. we uh, moshed our way through the concert. Had a lovely time. <laughs> and the last song of the night was only in dreams by Weezer and Doug kissed me. Oh, buddy. and there was uh, like confetti coming down and it was just this magical <laughs> Weezer moment. No, was there and, really confetti coming down? Yes, there was. Yes. Oh, they had like, <laughs> that was like in your, like, for real, in your no, mind. And it was not metaphorically. Fireworks. <laughs> no. Lovely. Brittany had a lovely time moshing lovely through the crowd. Yes. <laughs> and it then confetti. And then the lovely and Doug the kiss. kicks the lovely Brittany <laughs> with confetti falling. in the mosh pit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was Got amazing. The and then we, we drove home the next day and, you know, we're back in school and we were together since then. Um, we it. We were very young. I was barely 20 when we got married. So I was a baby. And Doug was too. He was 22. Mm. Um, and we, we were looking back at pictures last night, uh, you guys in, uh, in preparation for Doug's episode launching today. And, um, we were babies. We were children having children. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. want to say, I just couldn't believe Doug looked at me at one. He's like, I was holding a couple of the boys and he's like, you look like you're 14. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't, but I looked like it. So... Yeah. Um, but yeah, we finished college. So I got married. We got married in between my sophomore and junior year of college. So I did two years of college single and two years of college as a young married college student. And we took classes together. Um, we worked together on campus <laughs> in the mail services area. Uh, we did everything together and it was the best. We had the best time. And um, where where did you guys go to school, Britt? We went to school at BYU in Provo, Utah. Okay, Provo. And okay. <laughs> uh, we lived on the married housing. And I graduated uh, 
a year before Doug did, or maybe a year and a half, and was pregnant when I graduated with Scott. So I finished up my last semester with a big old belly and had him a month after I graduated. And, um, And then I just got to stay home with him on campus and hang out with my baby and Scott and I had the best time. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Waiting bet. for Doug to finish. So, yep. And then after that, we moved to Arizona for a little while. Shouts, shouts out to Flagstaff, Arizona. Loved it there. Met some great people um, that we're still in contact with. And then we moved to. We had a transfer for his work and moved to California. And we have been here ever since. Northern California in the Sacramento area, and we love it here. Um, never thought I would be a California girl, but, um, it's really, I'm, we are fully converted. Um, so yeah, if you're, I know there's California has a lot of stigmas <laughs> and you know, things, but give it a try. I'm just saying you might fall in love with it like we did. So you, you grew up in, you said close to Boise and then Doug grew yeah. up in Seattle, uh, Seattle. Doug, that's right. Doug okay. grew up in Seattle and actually, and Houston too. His high school years were in Texas, so we're kind of all over the place. <laughs> I still laugh because I still want to hear all the Texas stories. They're so funny, mm-hmm. guys. Doug will have to tell them. He tells them much a, better a than I do. Seattle, Washington guy moving to yeah. Texas. Okay. He went from grunge to cowboy. Totally. And then his parents, his senior year, moved back to Seattle, and then he went back to grunge. So, yeah, it's quite the transformations for him. Uh, okay, so Scott was first up. Yes. So when uh, when did we roll into that second and third cute little, little yeah, tribe? The, the second and third came not as a package as far as twins go, but pretty much. <laughs> so we had Scott, and then right before we moved to California um, from Flagstaff, we had Austin. So Austin was a month old when we moved, um, and he was the best, cutest little squishy baby. And um, so I had my two boys. We're settling into California. Um, didn't really know anybody here um, and uh, started our, our life here. And then f- <laughs> when Austin was four months old, uh, I held Austin in one arm and a positive pregnancy test in the other arm and realized I was pregnant with Tyler. So Tyler was oh, born... Lord. Uh, <laughs> it was the worst call. I can't remember if I've told this story before, but I have never been more embarrassed to call anyone in my life than I did that night when I called my mom to tell her I was pregnant. <laughs> I felt like a teenager <laughs> calling my mom and telling her that I got knocked up or something. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. So, uh, yeah. And her reaction, I don't even know if she remembers this. And she listens to every episode, you guys. So she will hear this. But she was just like, Brittany, <laughs> like, how did this happen? <laughs> well, mom. <laughs> well, mom, when two people love each other. No. No. Uh, oh. But, uh, yeah. So I really went straight from one to three, almost, you know. I mean, obviously there were three pregnancies, but it was, it was a lot. And, um, Tyler was born right after Christmas in 2008. And, uh, I had my three boys and it was chaos. Um, Mm. there were Thomas, the trains and blues clues everywhere and Legos and just little boys running around in every direction. I used to dress them in matching neon shirts 
Um, so that way when we were at the park and they scattered, I could just go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, and just count, count the neon orange shirts out on the playground. That's what I would have to do to keep track of all of them. Um, yeah. So did you, did you guys know that you wanted, um, a bigger family or did yeah. you, you and Doug come from Doug has three, or? yeah, Doug has three older brothers. So Doug's the youngest of four boys and they're all super close in age. So there's four boys in five years. Uh, His yeah. mom had them Ooh, really, really close. Every time I hear that, I have to take deep breaths. Yeah, me deep too. Breaths, deep breaths, Jean. <laughs> I almost did that, but I still have to take deep breaths. She has some fabulous stories, by the way, of raising those boys. Um, and then I have two younger brothers. So there's just boys everywhere okay. and then me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we knew we wanted to have four kids. Um, okay. Four, maybe five. I don't know. We wanted a big family. But um, after those three boys in close succession, which was not the plan, um, we we took a little break. Um, and this is about when when Austin was a year old, 18 months old, we started realizing that, you know, he wasn't speaking or doing all the same things that Scott was doing. Mm-hmm. And so we we took him to the pediatrician and started, you know, raising our concerns and, you know, like you do at your checkups. And she said, yeah, let's, let's keep an eye on this. It is a little concerning. He's not speaking yet. Um, he's not making a lot of eye contact. He's not imitating. Like if, if you like clap your hands or do a song, you know, he's not doing, imitating your actions. And so she's like, yeah, let's, let's keep an eye on it. And in between that 18 months to two year appointment, I really started getting quite concerned. I was noticing that he, there was a lot of things. Um, Doug really noticed the, the stimming first. Um, I didn't even know what that really was. And I have a degree in psychology, you guys, and took took autism classes and child psychology classes. But it really, you know, I wasn't an expert by any means. Um, but Austin used to, uh, Doug, I think Doug talks about this in his episode, but he used to twirl string in front of his face and like pull it tight and like watch it and look at it. And he would run really close to like doors and walls and get his face really, really close to things. Um, I didn't, we didn't think he had a vision problem, but we did get that checked out. Um, we got his hearing checked out. Everything was fine, but he just wasn't engaging with the world like our other boys were. Um, and it was, in a, you know, it was really nice having that direct comparison, I guess. We had one just a little older and just a little younger than him, and we mm-hmm. could really see the difference. Um, so at our two-year appointment, the doctor walked in, his pediatrician, who is still our pediatrician today, and uh, she looked at me and her eyes got big, and she's like, yeah, we're dealing with autism here. Um I filled out some questionnaires. We talked about it some more, but she was pretty convinced at that point. And she said, I needed to go see a neurologist to get an official medical diagnosis. Um, I remember kind of going into shock. I was by myself um, during the appointment. I don't think I had the other boys with me. It was just Austin and I. So I had a babysitter, but um, I could not process the information when I was in with the doctor. It was, it was jarring. I was almost like having an out of body experience, I would say. Um, and I got out to my car and I just kind of lost it. I started sobbing uncontrollably. Um, I called my mom because that's what I do. And, uh, I call my mom (laughs) when I'm pregnant and I call my mom when I receive horrible medical news. And, um, 
she was standing in line at a pharmacy uh, back in Boise. And I, I could barely get the words out. I, I don't, I think it took her a few minutes to realize what I was blabbing on about and what was happening. And I just remember she just stopped me and she goes, Brittany, she goes, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. I remember her saying something similar to that. And I'm, yeah, yeah, it is going to be okay. It is going to be okay. We have a great support system. We have medical people on our side. He's really young. It's going to be okay. And went home and I don't really remember the rest of that day. Um, but we had an appointment right after Christmas for the neurologist. We had a waiting period. So, um, we did our Christmas thing. I received every kind of, you know, reassurance from people. Oh no, it's fine. Oh yeah. Maybe there is something, the full gamut of Mm -hmm. all the different things that everyone else who all of a sudden is an expert on autism can tell me about, right. Including myself. Um, and then we went to see the neurologist once again, I was by myself um, for, I can't even remember why. Just Doug had to work or something. And uh, the doctor spent five minutes with him and said, yep, he's got autism. Hmm. Pretty matter-of-factly. Here's a number for the regional center. Uh, you're going to want him to get started on ABA and have a great day. That was wow. pretty much it. <laughs> it was really, yeah, it was it was quite, quite jarring um, and very clinical. Um I was upset, but I was, I had prepared myself at least at that point and was pretty sure that's what he was going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a hard day, but you know, I, it wasn't quite as shocking. And we um, went home and we, we called that number and we started doing research and we got started doing all the therapies and that began our life with autism um, in our family. And and it hasn't yeah. stopped since <laughs> the therapies and and all all of the the care and extra supervision. It's a lot of supervision um, that's needed in our family. So yeah, what <clears throat> what did that look like when? I mean, obviously the the boys are all so close in age. Mm-hmm. So you have Austin, who's two mm-hmm. and diagno- now diagnosed. Um, mm-hmm. Not he's always been autistic, right? It's not like, but now you know. And so what does that look like moving forward with just his interaction with his brothers or like how, you know, what you did on a, on a daily routine? Um, Because at this point, none of the boys are in school, correct? Correct. Nobody's in preschool or anything yet. I think Scott was just starting a little co-op preschool, if I recall. Yeah. He was maybe going like twice a week. I can't remember. He was three, almost four at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was, I mean, it went from me just watching the boys. I was a stay-at-home mom to having therapists in my house for eight hours a day. So there was a drastic change as far as our family dynamic that way and and what we did with our time during waking hours. Um, But Austin would do you know, four hours in the morning, he'd take a nap because he's two. (laughs) And then we would do an afternoon session with ABA in our home. Um, There was, I I looked at it as, I mean, I'm still learning what ABA is and, you know, really leaning on these, these ABA companies to help me come up with goals and things. I had no idea what I was doing, but in a way it was really nice because they could focus on Austin and I could focus on the other two boys. Um, Right. I I couldn't have sat in a room and ran program with him mm-hmm. with with the other two toddlers running amok no way 
So uh, it was it was a godsend in that way, um, and it, it he did he made some progress um, with ABA, and it was it was the right thing for our family to do. Uh, we also had speech therapy and OT and other people coming into the home um, on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, and we just kind of plugged along for that for quite a while. Um, as we moved on, we moved to a different house in a different city. Uh, Scott started kindergarten. Uh, so there's a whole nother aspect of getting him back and forth to school. Um, yeah, it was, you know, home improvement projects. My husband started working nights. Um, mm-hmm. It was a lot. You guys um, were in it. It was, it was just nonstop. Go, 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 go all the time. It, and it still is, I guess. Right. I was just in a say, different way. I don't it's, really, I'm it's... not really hearing a difference. <laughs> They're really I'm yeah. talking to you every day. I don't. I'm Doug and I were actually talking about that last night. And he's like, yeah, I mean, things are, you know, things are a lot better. And I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that statement. I don't think they're necessarily better. Like it was very physically exhausting back then as far as like I would literally literally chase them at the park, right? There's one, two, three, one, two, three. Where's the shirts? No, come back this way. It was herding cats. Um, but but it's um it's just different. It's still yeah. really, really hard and it's still physically exhausting, but it's in a different way. And I don't necessarily think one is easier or better than the other one. And um, I think Doug, after he heard kind of my explanation, he's like, no, no, I think you're right. Yeah, it is. It's just yeah, different. That's that's and, sort of been my thing when people, when I've heard other moms say mm-hmm. that have like, like yourself that have older kiddos on the spectrum and some of them go, oh, it gets better. And I'm like, are you lying to yourself? Or are you trying to lie to me? Because as far as I can <laughs> yeah. see, um, it just there's just like a it's just new different. kind of hard that yeah. happens. And I yeah. think that's true for typical families too. I, my couple of my sister-in-laws have older kiddos, like Scott's going to be graduating from high school this year and going to college in the fall. Um, and my, my, one of my sister-in-laws has kids, you know, they're out of the house and in college and one of them's in, my niece is engaged. And, um, she, she does tell, you know, she goes, it, it isn't, easier necessarily now that they're gone it's it's in some ways it's harder to parent adults it's just it's just different yeah different so, yeah. yeah 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 and i and i think too you know um with all of our spouses is it's just different from men and and you sure. know D- doug works outside of the house and um is gone you know for most part of the days and and then especially working that kind of crazy night schedule that he was working you know where he you know, was sleeping the yeah. most of the day, you know? So, um, there, there was always perspective a level is just, it's a lot. Like I just didn't realize looking back how much, um, I, I never identified my level of anxiety of knowing my husband had been up all night. He was asleep in the bedroom, right? You know, it's 1130 in the morning, he's trying to sleep and I'm yeah. in the house with the three little boys trying I mean, they're, they're boys, they're making noise and loud and, and, but me trying, not, not trying to keep them quiet all the time, but trying to keep it to a certain level of, you know, not going absolutely crazy so he can sleep. And that was always hanging over my head. And I didn't realize how much that bothered me that I was trying to navigate and take care of Doug's sleep Mm -hmm. in addition to these boys until he stopped doing night shift. And it was like this, oh my gosh, we can go anywhere in the house. You can scream and yell and run around all you want. Wow. It's just, yeah. 
It was very you were, interesting. You were, you, you were and are still managing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely are. Definitely are. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell us about when sweet little Ruby girl came into, cause she's, there's a, there's a gap between her and, and Tyler. There is a gap. We have a six year gap between Ruby and Tyler. Um, and you, you needed we, a little break after that, after just, the, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. I, um, we, we really thought that may, maybe three is all we can handle because, you know, yeah, autism and ABA and all that comes with it is kind of like ruling my life. It's like another child almost, mm-hmm. um, in a way. And so, uh, managing it all, you know, so, um, we waited quite a little while. I felt, we felt very, um, I'm a very spiritual person, felt very spiritually, um, uh, dri- I can't think of the word driven or um, pulled inspired. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Pulled to, uh, to that. Maybe, maybe we were supposed to have another child and um, Doug was always on board with that, but he really left it up to me and said, it's really your choice. If you want to have the three boys and that's it, I fully support you. Um, It's, it's up to you because you're the one who's really doing not only having the baby, but just, you're the one here doing the day-to-day with these little munchkins. So um, we uh, got, it took, it always takes me a while, except for, except for Tyler to get pregnant. Um, And we uh, took a little while to get pregnant. And we, so we probably would have tried to have them a little closer together, but it, you know, took a bit. And we had our sweet little Ruby girl. We were so excited to have a girl. Um, I was fully prepared to have another boy. I had all my stuff. We're good to go. Just throw some more Legos in the bin and we're fine, you know, but, um, we, we got our little girl and she has been the best thing ever. Um, we all love her and she's very girly with the princess and the sparkles and the dolls and the, all the things, but she can roll in the mud with those boys too. And she's very rough and tumble. She's the best of, she's the best combination of both, I think. Um, and yeah, we she, just, com- she completed you guys. Yeah, she really did. Um, mm-hmm. We are definitely complete now. Shop is closed. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, the goalie it, is always in. Got yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it felt good to like, to know that, like that was very, um, it's nice to know that phase was over. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be pregnant again and chasing after little boys everywhere and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, and she was doing great. Um, I, I I talked about this before, um, in a previous episode, but I, I knew that it was a strong possibility that we might have another child who was autistic. And so I, that's part of the reason why it took us so long to get pregnant again is I needed to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, if that happened, if we had another child like Austin, um, I needed to be mentally accepting of that. And so once we realized that Ruby was a little behind, um, mostly in speech, we noticed she really didn't have a lot of the stems and some of the things that Austin did that we noticed at first. Um, I was already kind of in a place of acceptance. I was okay with it. I knew what to do. I knew who to call. I knew teachers to contact. Um, I was very much tapped into the autism community and we just rolled right into it. Um, It wasn't easy, but at least I wasn't starting from scratch. You know, it wasn't so jarring in that way. Um, and we started with speech 
which is what a lot of people do. And then we moved into um, some other therapies for her, um, got her into an, an autism preschool program that we have here in our area. Austin had the same teacher. She's absolutely amazing and one of my best friends. Now we still keep in contact. I talked to her last week. And um, I'm really hoping I can get her on the show sometime. Everyone, cross your fingers mm-hmm. <laughs> that Miss Sherry will be willing to get on with me. Um, anyway, but yeah, uh, it's been it's been a journey for her. Um, she is a lot more verbal than Austin. She doesn't have a lot of those strong sensory needs that Austin seems to have. She has some needs, but it's it, the um, intensity of it is is not as severe. Uh, she can communicate at a higher level and make her wishes and thoughts known, which is not always a great thing, but you know, (laughs) we, we work through it and Ruby is eight now. Uh, She just had her eighth birthday. She's in second grade. Um, we have a lot of, a way we like to describe it is she's doing really well and she's in some areas, she's very much a typical eight year old, but there are holes, uh, Mm -hmm. academically and socially in her you know, mm-hmm. whole, whole life and her, her personality and her, um, her life. And that's what we're trying to work on with her. So, yeah. <clears throat> what does that look like? Because you have these two kids who are mm-hmm. far apart in age and they're both autistic and they are completely different needs, you know, yes. in, in generally speaking. Um, right. so <laughs> what does that look like at home? <laughs> <laughs> and you're oh, laughing. And then, and then two teenage boys who. And then two na- teenage boys. One's yeah. about to go to college and leave y'all. And w- what is this yeah. looking like every day in and day out? You're laughing because you kind of know what it looks like because I show you guys and it's. G- give, give our audience a good picture. <laughs> it's a circus, you guys. It is. <laughs> She's. Brittany's the ringleader of the circus. <laughs> you guys, what's that? that for Halloween this year? We should. We should. Yeah. No, you guys like know that quote, like, right? It's like you look around your house and all of a sudden you realize this is my circus and these are my monkeys. <laughs> or, and that's what. Or like Jean, like I, I created this army of <laughs> chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in charge. I'm you in charge are. of these people. And somehow I'm in charge. You're the creator. I'm, I'm leading them. I'm their. I'm their authoritarian the general yeah you are grew to the minions yes <laughs> now brad ruby, is ruby grew. would love that brad, brad is grew brad, brad, brad is grew brad is, is and grew. more specifically grew zinkerbell we just we just nailed it i we need to write somebody write this down please brad oh. okay, rory rory loves minions gene this is your halloween family halloween costume we know 100 we, we know do you know i wanted to him to be grew zinkerbell for mckenna's birthday like two years ago Nice. I'm like, come on, Brad, get oh. in that dress, get oh, those geez. wings. <laughs> I love it. Do it. I love it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's um, it is chaotic. Um, Scott is involved in extracurricular activities. Tyler is involved in those things too. Uh, we're involved in our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to church every Sunday. We have youth activities during the week. Um. My husband works downtown, um, so there's a commute. Um, I have my business um, out of my home. Uh, it's it's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. 
having a driver makes all the difference. Am I right, Shannon? Oh, she, yeah. Yeah, it really is a game changer. I'm going to be losing that in the fall, and I'm already like <laughs> sobbing about <laughs> it. <laughs> trying to figure out a way to, to get a, a, like, get a driver's license for Tyler early. Like, Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> let's get specific. They have license. a child that can drive themselves, not that they have personal drivers oh, right. that pick Correct. them up and tote them <laughs> oh. around town. Yeah. No, no, no. We yeah. ain't got it like that. Okay. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> no. Um, oh, no, but yeah, it's 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 just really intense. Um, what it ends up being is Scott and Tyler have grown up very quickly mm-hmm. as far as learning how to take care of themselves. They can make their own meals. They can do their own laundry and do their own laundry from start to finish. They um, know how to do you know, basic household chores. Um, and, and all 17 and 14 year olds should probably know how to do those things, but they learned how to do them earlier is what I'm saying. Um, they are fabulous babysitters, um, for Ruby and Austin. They're watching Austin and Ruby right now while I'm recording this and mm-hmm. I am not hearing any loud thumping noises. So we're going to call that so a we're win. Good. <laughs> we're good <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you just never know. It's gonna be. We don't be interesting. The house isn't on fire. We're doing okay. (laughs) I'm very. The kitchen. I don't even know what the kitchen's gonna look like when we get back down, but it's gonna be fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they they really have had to live a different kind of life um, Mm -hmm. growing up and having more responsibilities on their plate than maybe a typical you know eight or nine year old would at their age, Um, and. there is a level of their social and um, extracurricular activities have been compromised in a lot of ways. Uh, it is very, very difficult for us to have friends over at our house. Um, it, it's, it is a very long and conscious and um, uh there's a level of preparation that has to be done if we're going to have someone in our home. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because of Austin, uh, mostly because Austin doesn't like to wear clothes. Um, We have potty training and toileting issues. Um, A lot of things that are very jarring and can be upsetting to people who are not used to it. Even if you explain it to them, it still is quite shocking in some ways. Um, So there's uh, a level of, we, we live our lives quite differently than pretty much anyone else I know, even those who have autistic kids. Yeah. Uh, so can, can uh, I ask really quickly, Britt? Yeah. Um, not that I, you know, want you speaking for the boys or anything like that, but if you're, if you're, how, what is that dynamic like for, um, for the, you know, for the boys that in, in that mm-hmm. sense, like do, do they share with you how that makes them feel or are they? So my, yeah, my boys are pretty um, stoic. Uh, yeah. They they're not touchy feely, which is fine if you are or aren't. That's just how they are. They're more like Doug. They they go with the flow a lot. Um, Tyler especially is a man of few words, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Um, when when he does speak, you pay attention because mm-hmm. he doesn't. You know, he doesn't voice his opinion a lot. Um, I ha- I do ask them. We do talk about it. Um, we try to be open and and. Ask them how they're feeling about certain things. Um, I think Scott. I think there is a level. It's inevitable. I think there is a level of resentment. There just is. I don't know any child in their situation who wouldn't, to some extent, because they have been 
left out of, of things. Um, but they also do talk about the positives. Um, they are incredibly kind and very aware of other people's needs and including others who may be different. And although I, I hope I would have taught that to them without having, you know, children, you know, siblings with special needs, mm-hmm. uh, they have a direct daily interaction with people who need extra care. And, um, it, it, it has, I am very, very proud of them for taking what they see every day in their lives and, and manifesting it out in the world and, and continuing to, to, you know, act and, and help others around them who aren't related to them, who maybe have special needs. Um, there's been some very, tender stories I've heard of them coming home and trying, you know, friends who say mean things and they stand up for others, um, helping those who are, even if they are typical, but just younger than them. Um, and it's, I, I couldn't be more proud of, of both of them. Now, having said all of that, they're not perfect angels. They don't get it all right all the time. They say stupid things and they do stupid things. And sometimes they're mean to their siblings. They just are because mm-hmm. they're siblings. They, they're siblings. <laughs> um, and there is a level of resentment. I am very, very curious and very interested. I, I, I'm going to miss Scott terribly when he leaves in the fall, but I am interested to see how he grows and blossoms and changes as he has his own space that is, um, quote, autism free. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's all his and see what he does with that and how how if that's jarring to him to have, you know not have to worry about the locks on the doors and someone escaping, you know, all the time and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see. And then when he comes home, you know, it's going to be, it might be a little bit of a rough transition to come back into that environment after leaving for a couple semesters. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be a journey. It's um, <clears throat> pretty incredible though to, um, you know, out of the four of us to watch you and Shannon with your older children and just to see what you guys have done. You guys are raising I mean, we're all raising great children, but, you know, you guys are raising great, great humans, great teenagers that are going to go out into the world and they are going to change it for sure. So I hope so. Um, I, I think they are. And I, I really can't take a lot. I mean, I've I've created an environment for my children to grow up and be happy and, and safe and healthy and things. And we try to teach them things, but really I can't, I can't take credit for it. They learn and observe and have chosen to be to, to be the mm-hmm. the young men that they are. They're not men yet. I refuse to say that they're men. Men, the young men that they child, are. Yes, men, men child, child. Man, I don't know. Man, children. <laughs> man, child, children. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, they um, they they really are amazing individuals. So yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about because you guys are not doing any therapies in the house. Is this correct? Correct. Nobody's in therapy right now. Okay. No. Uh. Well, nobody in home therapy. Yeah. In, no, uh, right. Excuse me. At in, school. Yeah. Just yeah. at school. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just at school so. therapy. Um. It, it, that just fits better. That's that's what we have to do right now. Yeah. Bringing another person into the home. Um. We did have it during ABA during uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. And then as things got more restricted we backed off and that was, that was just what we needed to do at the time. And, um, we never, we decided to take a break Yeah, and, uh, just for, with all, for everybody's sanity. It, it's, it's not just for Austin. It's not just for Ruby. It's for the family. And you really yeah. have to look at it that way for a long time. We didn't, um, because people, the other kids weren't as involved. They were younger and they, 
they could just kind of hang out, but it's not that way anymore. And, um, for me, the, um, giving my other boys those chances to do those extracurricular things and to go out with friends and me being able to drive them places or whatever needed to happen was more important at the time than getting Austin some more therapy at home. So, um, you know, you just have to weigh that out and that's okay. Um, where, uh, my biggest challenge right now, one of my biggest challenges is just keeping food in my house because <laughs> I don't know how they mm-hmm. eat so much food. You guys, so I much mean, you food. have three boys, you have three, three well, and you have four, boys. you have a man husband. <laughs> yes, man he is a man. A man yes. chi- your other man child. <laughs> no, Doug, Doug actually, he's been, he, Doug is really into cycling. He's um, a big bicyclist is a cyclist cyclist. i don't even know what the terms are guys (laughs) but uh he really likes to do uh races and he he does a there's a great biking community out here where we live and um so he's been really he's trying to watch what he eats and like he's trying to be really healthy to to reach his his athletic goals that he wants and stuff so he's he's actually okay the the three growing boys who are eating you out of house and home. i come home from the grocery store (laughs) and they they attack the bags you guys they come in and they're just like throwing food and like trying to find the things that they want and they run into the dining room and they start eating it and i'm like stop that was well, for no wonder tomorrow. you have to keep locks on all the pantry doors <laughs> yeah i do i do that's for austin but maybe it's for the other two you know for everybody maybe <laughs> you come home like i went i took austin to chick-fil-a yesterday <laughs> and i got him those the chicken tender nugget things and he wasn't having it for whatever reason he wasn't eating them and Tyler was like hovering, just waiting, him, like just a little waiting vulture. for him to leave so he could eat them. I'm like, chill out, dude. You can have them. <laughs> like, oh, geez. Should have gotten you something too. Sorry. The rule is if you don't come with me in the car, you don't get fast You're, food. Yeah. Sorry. I don't bring fast food home to you. Like, that's just the rule. <laughs> anyway. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I do want to know because, you know, you obviously you are a... Christian, you're a spiritual person. You guys have yes. a really tight knit um, community. You guys are LDS. Yes. Um, so, what what like has that looks like? You know, because obviously recently you've had <sighs> a situation that has really proven you know how incredible your church family is. Um, right. So, will you will you share about that a little bit? Yeah. So we. Doug and I grew up going to church every week. So it was very much in our, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, part of, it's part of your life. It's who you are. Yeah. Thank you. Words are hard guys. Words are hard. That's okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. You guys, I've done, it's been a week. She's on spring break. It's right been now. a week. It's, it's <laughs> spring break right now. I'll just take a minute to tell you it's been spring break. My husband has been working very long hours. It's Thursday. So we're like halfway through. It's Easter. We just had Ruby's birthday. I've been doing Easter cookies. Like I don't even know how I'm sitting upright right now. Like it's just been. Can, can a week. we not call it a break? It's because not a break. It's not a break. <laughs> it's it's break for the teachers. Can I get an and I amen, love you, girls? teachers. Teachers, you deserve every bit of this break. But man, <laughs> can you please just take my children back? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we Doug and I have been going to church since we were very, very young. Um, and, uh, we, we decided that that's what we wanted to do for our family uh, as well. We wanted to have this spiritual, um, aspect in their lives and attend church and be part of that community as we raised our own family. And so we 
boys have always gone to church in Ruby. They've since they were babies. Mm-hmm. And um, as Austin has gotten older, especially, it's been harder and harder for him to sit through services and to be able to particip- participate. Um, it just is. He's he's not able to interact with his peers and with others, um, you know, like a typical child would do. So um, we have had a very, very strong community. Our congregation has been very supportive of our family um, and we could not be more grateful and uh, love them deeply, even more deeply for loving our family so much and helping us out. Um, I have had meetings with our uh, bishop about, you know, okay, what, what does your family need? What can we do to help you? Um, I have been helping um, my regional area of, of um, congregations come up with um, an integrated inclusion program for um especially for like the younger kids, like in primary age, um, uh, for their Sunday school classes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had one-on-one aides who are completely volunteer base that, uh, we have one now. He's a wonderful man. And he, uh, we, we are the first half of church. So church is two hours for us. We do one hour together in the chapel, you know, everybody together, you know, and then the second hour is like a Sunday school classes where you're divided up by your age and you go to your, your various classes. And, um, so that second hour, um, our friend will take Austin to his classes. And so Doug and I can attend our classes mm-hmm. and, uh, he has been doing that for years. And, um, we've asked him before if he would like a break, <laughs> if he would like us to get someone else to do it. And he is very adamant. No, this is my time with Austin. And, I want to be with him. Um, they have a very, very special bond and he, he does not want to be taken off the job. So, um, sometimes it goes great. Sometimes it goes not so great. And sometimes it goes horribly. Uh, we had a really horrible experience last week. Um, so, uh, I can tell, I can tell the story, how we do it on time. You're good. Uh, You're good. Okay. Uh, so, we got ready for church, um, left, went to sit down in our, we sit in the same pew every day. It's, or every week, it's right by the doors leading out of the chapel in case we need to leave. We bring snacks, we bring water, we bring um, books and coloring books and things for Ruby, quiet things to keep her busy. Um, and it was, it's the first weekend of spring break. So the congregation was quite thin. A lot of people are traveling, you know, so there weren't a lot of people there. And, um, for a lot of Christian churches do some kind of sacrament where you have bread and water and that's part of, you know, the, your Sabbath rituals and things. And so my boys and Doug were all helping get that ready. Doug, usually the youth do that kind of job and Doug is a youth leader. So um, that's his, you know, calling and his job there in the church. So he was helping the boys and, and the youth get everything set up for, for the bread and water. And so I was in the pew by myself with Ruby and Austin and one on each side of me. I keep them separated. I know all the things to do. Um, and things were going fine. Um, Austin likes to smell my hair a lot. He likes to snuggle with me. Everyone knows that's what he does when he starts grabbing my head and snuggling me and stuff like everyone, no one, it doesn't even phase anyone that he's doing that. Um, we were just, you know, going along with our day. And then all of a sudden Austin turned to me and Austin's aggressive. Um, I've talked about that before, but not on this, this episode. Um, he can be aggressive at times and just completely out of the blue. He 
essentially attacked me. He started hitting me. Um, he was hitting me in the face and on the head, um, not, not punching, but uh, an open hand kind of slap. Um, you, I immediately, I've been trained and taught like what to do, um, with, with various professionals and, you know, different, different holds to use and things to help him so he can calm down, but keep him safe. So he doesn't hurt himself or other people. So I was doing all those things that I was supposed to do. Um, he's Austin's bigger than me guys. He's, he's stronger and taller and just larger than I am. And so in, and I'm in a sitting position, so it's hard to, you know, implement these moves correctly. So, uh, I'm trying my best. And, uh, he, he, when he gets an idea in his head, sometimes he just can't stop. He just wouldn't stop doing it. And he wasn't yelling a ton, which was really good. He wasn't crying. Sometimes he'll do that too, but he just wanted to hit. And, um, our, our friends who were sitting right behind us, uh, the, the husband, Jeff, he got up and was, was trying to help me. He, knows Austin and knows our family. And he was kind of holding him on his shoulders and trying to restrain him in a, in a, you know, safe way. Um, but Austin was just adamant. And at that point I'm looking at his face and I'm looking in his eyes, he's making eye contact with me. And I kept telling him, do you want to go? Let's go, let's go outside. Let's go, you know, and we could quietly leave and it would be fine. And I could give him the space he needed. We could go into an empty classroom or go outside and give him some time or just stay in the foyer even, but he would not move. He wouldn't. It was like he was frozen there. And it's like, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever taken a self-defense class or like a martial arts class. They tell you to plant your feet and become a tree, you know, where you can, you can really do that. You can center yourself into the ground and it's really, really hard to move someone. Um, even though their, you know, their weight technically hasn't changed, you can't pick them up as easily. And he was doing that. Like I could not get him to move. Um, and at that point he's still getting swipes in every once in a while and hitting me in the face. Um, and luckily he, he wasn't looking at Ruby or getting Ruby at all. Um, and she stayed calm luckily as well. Uh, this is during like the quietest part of <laughs> the church of service too, of course, like you could hear a pin drop in there. Of course, mm -hmm. it's not like it's during a song or something, mm -hmm. <laughs> something to cover it up. <laughs> so um, I'm laughing about it now, guys. I was not laughing about it then. Uh, and uh, luckily during all of this, Doug noticed what was happening, came over. And I think he kind of, he, Austin didn't quite see him come over. And so he kind of startled Austin startled. for a second, like, oh, there's another person there. And so he, it kind of, it gave us a window to jump in and Doug grabbed his arms and, you know, picked him up out of the pew and uh, he walked out and I, Doug had his arms. I was walking behind him. So he was kind of sandwiched between him and we got him out into the foyer. Um, at that point, my friend who saw everything happening, um, I didn't ask permission to use her name, so I won't, but um she followed me out and uh, she proceeded to hold me as I sobbed uncontrollably and had a panic attack out in the foyer. Um, there's many reasons why I had it, um, I think. Um, this is not the first time this has happened. Um, this is part of my mental health journey with all of this going on. Um, but uh, uh part of the reason is because it was completely unprovoked and out of the blue. And it was very like shock. I just didn't realize what was going on and, and what, what triggered him. That's very unsettling to me as if, as a type one, you know, control freak person. I like, I like to know what's happening. I like to be prepared. I don't like surprises. And so that's very, very hard for me as 
personality to to have him just out of, out of the blue attack. Um, and then uh, it, it is embarrassing. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to lie. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, no one, people don't know where to look when you see a child is attacking their parent. Like it's, or, you know, people who are similar in size hitting someone in a public space. Like it's not comfortable. Like I understand. Um, and so it, it, there is a level of like, oh God, I hope no one's watching, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, it's there. And then, and then just the whole idea that the biggest, biggest part, the biggest reason why I was freaking out was because I could not move him. And that is so scary to me. If I had him at a park or a store or in the car or somewhere by myself and I couldn't get him to move, I literally can't get him to move. I don't care how strong I am, how many weights I lift and how you know in, in shape I am, which I have improvement on the area, trust me, but there's no way I could have moved him. He's just bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's really, really where my fear and my anxiety lie. So uh, my dear friend took very good care of me. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I want you to finish, but I wanted to just yeah. say like, what what is that? I mean, you're, you're coming more and more to that realization every day, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. Austin. So I, I do want you to t- touch on that a little bit too, what that, what that, feels like for you. Yeah. Yeah. But please finish about your friend. I'll come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So my friend took me into a classroom, an empty classroom. She got me, you know, stop to stop hyperventilating and got me calmed down enough that I could leave. Um, Doug was with Austin the whole time. Austin was totally fine, by the way, out and out on the front steps of the church, just chilling and hanging out like nothing happened. That's very typical. He does that. It's like a light switch. Um, and yes, we've talked to all the professionals about it. Um, we are very aware of this. He's on medications. Like we're, we're doing all the things. Trust me, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but but this is what happens right now at at fifteen for him. This is this is quote normal. So um, we, I, I was able to. Doug got him into our car. I took him home. I wasn't ready to go back into church. I didn't want. I, I'm sure everyone have been very lovely and and hugging me and trying to be supportive, but I just didn't want to start traumatic. crying again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I took him home. My friend dro- drove home in her car and followed me home and made sure I could get him into the house okay and stayed with me for a while and then went back to church herself. Um, so that was our Sunday. Um, you've you've got a great, you've got a great church. You've got a we great do. church it's, family. I have received several text messages. Um, I've had people dropping things off at my house to check on me since then. Um, I had a uh, dear sweet friend of mine um, text me and tell me, I'm going to paraphrase it, but she said, um, I just want you want you to know what happened after you left the, the chapel that Sunday. Um, Ruby was in the pew by herself. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Ruby gets nervous. She doesn't want to be by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of the other family members tried to, or, you know, people in the audience tried to have her come sit with them and she refused. She was like kind of scared and didn't want to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so my boys finished up what they were doing and came back down and sat by her and Scott immediately put his arms around her and held her. And then Tyler put his arms around Scott <laughs> and my three kids sat there in the pew together and held each other. Well, Doug and I were out in the hallway dealing with Austin and, um, my, um, my friend let me know that that's what they were doing. So sorry. (laughs) No. Um, 
Um, but that's that's how wonderful my boys are. And um, mm-hmm. Ruby, I'm really so proud of Ruby for holding it together too. She could have she she could have started crying. She could have freaked out, mm-hmm. but she really um, she really uh, did a great job um, and and waited for her brothers to come take care of her. So anyway, and immediately once Doug got Austin in the car with me, he went back into church and, and, and finished with the family. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, as far as, um, how this affects our lives and what we're going to do about it and how, how I feel about all of it, it's really hard. You guys, (laughs) um, I'm still, I'm still coming to grips with what happened on Sunday, it was the worst incident we've had in quite some time. We have taken breaks from church completely. Um, a couple of summers ago, Austin didn't go to church for a few months because he was having a lot of aggression. Um, and so we decided we're not. And we've had people in our congregation stay home with us, uh, stay home with him. They would rotate and they would miss church so we could all go as a family and they would take turns Um and that way it's not just one one family you know missing church all the time um so that was amazing we might have to do that again we're still we're still kind of in um brainstorming mode right now with what we're going to do um maybe that was just a one-time thing and maybe he won't do it again for a long time maybe he's going to do it every week i don't know Mm -hmm. um the unpredictability of it really drives me kind of (laughs) crazy I'm not a, <laughs> ooh, let's see what happens kind of person. <laughs> I like to know what's going to happen. So, uh, uh, and that's why Doug's so great for me too, because he's more of a, oh, it'll be fine. Let's just see what happens mm. kind mm-hmm. of guy. So, um, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do this Sunday. We're going to play it by ear. He's been home all week for spring break. So, you know, maybe maybe we're not going to go to church on Easter this year, or maybe some of us won't if he's not feeling up to it. Maybe maybe he'll go and everything will be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> well, is your church like typical? Uh-huh. Like, I was raised Catholic, uh-huh. and so it's like you have the people that only come for Christmas, oh right, Mass and Easter. So, is there a higher? In your church, is there a higher, you know, attendance on that day? And is that? No, actually, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, people are pretty regular. It, it, it actually will probably be a little bit lower because people will still be out of town for spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually supposed to sing. I sing um, not, not professionally, <laughs> but I sing for, for fun. Yes, and, she and, does. <laughs> uh, I was supposed to do a musical number for Easter and I... I called the person in charge and I said, I explained to her what happened. She was out of town. She didn't see, let her know the situation from last Sunday. And I said, not only am I not ready, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be there. I don't think I can get up in front of everybody and sing a song about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll probably just start crying. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, uh, she was, she's like, don't worry about it. No problem. Totally understand we'll figure something else out. And so that was really, really great to have her be so supportive of me and not be like, Oh, okay. You know, I'll figure something else out. You're leaving me in a bind here. Um, but yeah, it was really great, but yeah, no, I don't think the numbers will necessarily be higher. Um, that's a good question. Um, unless a lot of people are going to have friends come, which, you know, we, I do hope it's higher. I hope there's lots of people there, mm-hmm. but m- most of the time it, it's when you take all the people who leave out of town versus the visitors, it kind of evens itself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, you, so, you guys got a great <clears throat> community, Brett. You got, I mean, between your church family and just like your your little cul-de-sac that you guys live in. And yeah, we have a great neighborhood too. Um, just we've really, people, you know, we've really consciously tried to uh, create a community like physically around us in our neighborhood. And we're really lucky. We've got some kids that surround us, which helps. People are more willing to chat and hang out if you're all watching your kids, you know, play outside. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been it's been really wonderful to have friends um, down the street and next door to us who love and support my kids and um, will chase Austin down the street when he runs out <laughs> naked and call me. <laughs> That's happened. More than once. Um, See, so my Frank the Tank analogy was not so bad no. that one time. <laughs> what did no. you say, Frank the Tank? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, we can, yeah. Frank the Irish Tank. I really have to, I want, I want to think of like, you know, the ways that we can embrace this reality. And it's uh, make yeah. me always think, make, make me thinking of like, okay, well, if that's his preference, how can we embody that into? Something yeah. that can be monetized for him in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> never know. Well, um, Britt, before we close this out, I do, um, I want to know what you want to share with the world. What What do you want our audience oh. to hear, you know, in the sense of um, maybe just like where they're at right now, your, your kind of your best advice, because you're in it, you know, and you, and you have these, these, you, you have two autistic children and, and, and you have, you know, two autistic, autistic children who are vastly different. So, mm-hmm. um, what, what is your advice or well words or. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I wasn't sure I wanted to share so much about what happened with Austin on Sunday, but I felt really, um, inspired to say something because I know that there's others that are out there that have maybe similar situations with not only older kids, but maybe kids who are more violent or aggressive at whatever stage they're at. And, um, it just doesn't get talked about very much and, um, it's scary and you really wonder what other people are thinking. Um, things can look very, strange out of context if you don't know what's happening and um when it comes to you know aggression and and hitting and things and pushing and and so i um i just felt like maybe there's some other mamas and dads out there who need to know that we are out there this you know this severe kind of behavior is you're not the only one so um and and i think we want to I told the girls about this story and and we've talked about it, how we want to maybe talk about this some more um, with some other moms out there and some other professionals um, because it does need to be addressed. Um, it, it's another level. And I'm not saying that, you know, anyone with an autistic child or autistic family members, um, it's not difficult because it is. Everybody has their own level of difficult or not even level, but just um, their reality and their, their, their it's situation hard. is mm-hmm. difficult. It's hard. It, and and every, it, the dynamics and the, uh, it, it's not, there's not a, it's not a grading system. It's not like I win because I have the hardest kid or something, you know, that's mm-hmm. not, that's not what it is, but there is an intensity and a, um, 
and an anxiety level that that is it's higher in some ways because of the the physical nature of it um mm-hmm. and the safety that safety issues that come come with it um that that are really of above and beyond what what I, I know a lot of people experience. So um just know that that I experience that and I'm I want to talk about that more um with you. It's hard sometimes. It's really, really hard. It's emotional and it's scary. And um but but if it helps other people to hear this then then I'm here for it. Um and um and to pace yourself. Um it's I'm constantly trying to find the the perfect and I know I'm never going to get there and it's never going to stay there but find find that balance um, mm. I know we love that word <laughs> of of helping Austin helping Ruby helping the other kids paying attention to my husband mm-hmm. you know nourishing my marriage working on my business taking care of myself it, it's it's constant it's a juggle and um I'm never getting it exactly right um but it goes in phases right like sometimes mm-hmm. I'm really really good at my business one week another week I'm really, really good about exercising and taking care of myself. And the next week, Doug and I have carve out the time and we spend time together. And then it just, it just goes back and forth juggling all those things. So it's okay if you're not doing everything exactly right all the time and you don't have all the therapy set up for your kid and your, and your child has a bad week or a bad month, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay. They're going to be okay. Um, you're, um, to echo what you're saying, so mm-hmm. it was about a year or so ago, I was reading an article about from a mom who has a child that is extremely uh, violent with self-interest behaviors and aggression in the house and very destructive. She can't even step outside of her house. Um, she's literally living in the confines of her house with her son. And there's no advocacy being done for her and families like hers. Mm-hmm. You know, the advocacy they've expressed um, has just been narrowed down to certain profiles of those on the autism spectrum. And what, when I heard that, and then also you stepping into my life. Now, again, Rory is high support, but he is not as severe or as consistently aggressive right now at this point at the young age. And Austin hasn't been his whole life. This is a new phase for us. Right, right, right. And so um, I know how vitally important these conversations are. We need to bring it to the forefront. Like as Tiffany said, she wanted to create a community where the representation, where hope both her children belong, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of community that, that we want here in our Moms Talk Autism community mm-hmm. as well, because mm-hmm. that representation is there and it needs to be there. And we, mm-hmm. we need to be talking about the discrepancies and variabilities and the differences and the challenges that we are all encountering. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Amen. So thank, thank you. you for oh. being vulnerable and sharing with us yes. today. We just love it's you, Brittany. Lot. You are doing an incredible job. You are. I, I mean, it doesn't, 
you know, we all are, but, but Mm -hmm. just so you know, you are an incredible human, an incredible mom, friend, um, and you really bring joy to all four of us Mm -hmm. and, and to your family. You are, you are it. (laughs) You're making me blush. She's she's Brittany, girls. She is the best one. I was just gonna say a cur- curse wor- word, but then I was like, I can't do it. I can't Don't do that. Do it. Shoot, K, not on my get, episode. Gonna uh-uh. punish you. K will. She will. She will give me a little slap <laughs> on my bottom, and she'll be like, Tashi girl. No, she would just on. hug you and say it's okay. That's oh, that's like two audience members are on there. Kay is actually watching us right oh, now. Oh, this is my mom, guys. My mom's name is Kay. <laughs> Mama Kay. That's what they call her. Oh, Mama, Mama Kay. Kay. We love us a Mama Kay. Um, right. All right. Well, thank you, Britt, for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable with our audience. And um, we just can't wait to to hear more. And, and you guys, uh, we will be... We will be coming out with an episode um, talking about those those different um, higher needs and and uh, situations like Brittany has shared about today. So, uh, do not forget to follow this podcast on any platform you listen on. Um, leave us a five star review because we're worth it. (laughs) And uh, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram platform. Uh, We are at Moms Talk Autism. Share, 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 share with all the people. That is how we can uh, grow this community and and just come up with more topics and all the things to share with you guys. So, uh, okay, lovelies, say your goodbyes. Bye, guys. <sighs> Goodbye. I love you. Goodbye. I love, love you. And we love all you. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.